Production made possible in part by MedPlus Advantage. You're listening to Radio Rounds, a talk show created and hosted by medical students. Coming up on today's episode... This is the Silicon Valley where I'm practicing, and so every day I'm reminded that I am the brokest dude on the block, you know? In my cul-de-sac, like, when, they, when you say you're a doctor, the other people kind of laugh, and they're like, oh, poor guy. You know, they'll, like, at Christmas, they'll, you know, bring you a can full of, like, spare change and stuff. <laughs> that was Z-Dog MD, uh, who t- actually took time out of his very busy schedule to put together an impromptu theme song for Radio Rounds, which you'll all be introduced to right now. One, two, one, teach, one, reach, son For the top, you got to find your niche Un, to stand my speech to breach each wall step one, step two, step three They all fall When you listen to the sounds of Radio Browns You stay grounded with empathy compounded I'm enjoying mounds, it's my least favorite snacks, y'all But Lakshman Swami is a beast on these tracks, y'all So stay tuned for a hell of a ride The smell of formaldehyde is so hella hard to hide when it's smeared on the mic in the studio Like Sue Studio, no white coat required Cause radio killed the video star But the video star is me And I ain't going out, G Z-Dog MD and I'm ready to round So step up or sit down, this is Radio Rounds Welcome to Radio Rounds, everyone My name is Lakshman Swami and I am a beast on this track And I'm John Corker, Beast Light we're glad you all could join us for one of our favorite episodes of Radio Rounds to date, uh, where we had the opportunity, dare I say, the privilege, uh, to talk with medical satirist and hospitalist Z-Dog, MD. Well, let's jump right in with a clip from one of our favorite Z-Dog videos. Here it is. It's call day, call day, everyone wants them all day. All the patients coming in and drugs seeking, seeking, call day, call day. Like biggest smalls, hey Should've done dermatology like my daddy told me Yesterday was pre-call Today we are on call We, we, we so darn tired We so darn tired We gonna flush our pages today Tomorrow we are post-call I'll maybe sleep afterwards But that was Call Day, Z-Dog MD's parody of Rebecca Black's infamous hit single, Friday. Just something that, that causes me to laugh out loud at times because as a third-year medical student on the wards right now, I have a unique opportunity to work with medical interns. So the fact that he can capture the truth and reality <laughs> of a night on call of a medical intern in such a hysterical way is awesome. You might already be a diehard Z-Dog fan and know all the obscure trivia about Dr. Harry, staff pediatrician, or Doc Quixote, the general surgeon made famous by his world's funniest internist video. But if not, prepare to hop on the Z-Dog MD bandwagon right now. Z-Dog MD practices in a hospital in the Silicon Valley where he's quick to point out that everyone else makes more money than he does. The name Z-Dog MD is a tribute to the 90s rap culture he's loved since college. As he puts it, what's more street than a doctor raised in the country, living in the suburbs, and practicing at an academic hospital? 
So without further ado, here's the interview that Yojin Patel, producer at Radio Rounds, and I had with Z Dog MD. Doctor Z Dog, could you could you could you just tell us a little bit about how you first got into all this? I know you talk a little bit about it on the website, but how you got into making these videos and these songs? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, it was one of those things. You you get into your career and you're doing your thing, and you know, I was a hospitalist and. You know, me and my buddies in medical school, we all just hung out and talked smack and, you know, we would study for tests by basically making up stupid songs and, and coming up with ridiculous associations. You know, Doc Quixote, he was a medical student with us, with me and Dr. Harry and Dr. Diego, and we were all, you know, kind of a crew of incredible nerds. And Doc, Doc Quixote used to, he would invent these superheroes to study like neuroanatomy. Like he had a guy, and of course, being, you know, having no frontal lobe himself, he would just come up with stuff that was just off the, I mean, it was just, you couldn't even, I'm still wondering how I can use this material, but it's so inappropriate. Like uh, he had a guy named Stroke Man. That was his superhero. And uh, he was like bitten by a radioactive stroke patient at the VA, you know, Stroke Man. You know, I'm like, you're kidding me. So apparently Stroke Man He's kind of like the Incredible Hulk. Whenever he gets angry, he gets ischemic, but only on yeah, only on one hemisphere. So the other hemisphere becomes super powerful because it steals all the power from, you know. So, you know, he's hemi-hypertrophied. He's like fighting crime. But if you step into his blind spot, into his agnosia, he, basically that's his weak spot. That and TPA and aspirin and that kind of thing. So, you know, he, this is kind of how he would come up with stuff, you know. And the guy's catchphrase for the bad guy, whenever the bad guy, you know, he'd be ready to defeat him, he'd go, you know, I just have one question for you. Whose arm is this? And he'd be pointing at his own arm, which was, you know, to us was hilarious. Nobody else really thought it was very funny. So this is how kind of how we studied and stuff. So we were just these kind of people, bad people, in other words. And uh, as, as we got into our careers, you know, you do your thing and you're a responsible, upstanding citizen and you like medicine, you love medicine, that's why you do it. Uh, but there's, it always feels like there's something missing and uh, in terms of your total sort of happiness and personality and package and that kind of thing. And, and for me, it was just kind of being able to do this goofy stuff and then the internet came along and then it got better and then social media came along and I thought, you know, now may be the time. And uh, you know, one thing led to another. Next thing I know, I'm putting a video up about you know Sesame Street and and actually doing colonoscopy, you know, uh, uh, to to Star Wars on YouTube. And I'm realizing hey, that felt really good, even though nobody is watching it. <laughs> and the people who do watch it are like, "What is this?" So that that's kind of how it began. I kind of had to rope in the other guys. You know, Doctor Harry was hard because he's kind of he's a real earnest like pediatrician, you know, by day, and he was oh I don't you know I don't want this to reflect on my uh, professionality. And of course, Quixote was like, I'm in, dude. What do I need to do? do? When can I get naked? Do I need to sign a waiver? Because I will do full frontal like tomorrow. So that was kind of how it all came together. It was about a year ago that we started all this. I think it's it's interesting because you know medical students always have to come up with all kinds of crazy ways to remember things and it's also hard you know a lot of a lot of doctors will talk about you have to have a little bit of a lighthearted approach to things because sometimes the things you see are so dark. Oh, absolutely. I mean that that's the bottom line. I think there are several ways that can sort of come out though. I mean that can come out in very dark humor that is almost I mean it's adaptive for the person providing the humor but it's kind of maladaptive for everyone around them. And I've seen that kind of thing and and I think there are a lot of people in, in medicine that are really kind of innately funny, but there's so much darkness and cynicism that buries it that it becomes kind of oppressive for people around them. And I, I've seen that 
time and time again. And when you tell people you're going to do comedy and medicine, other doctors say, oh, no, you know, here it comes. It's going to be more of this type of thing. Um, so it's important to have, I mean, it's one of the more advanced coping mechanisms, right? Uh, as opposed to, you know, regression or, per, you know, all the other different things you can do. But y- again, so much of it is how you use it. Um, it- it's like, you know, I-, I see it like the force in Star Wars, you know, there's a light side and the dark side of humor. And if you dip too much into the dark side, you know, forever will it dominate your destiny. You have to be careful, you know, you can overdo it. So, so yeah, it- it's a way to cope, but I think you have to really be cognizant of, number one, you know, imagine, okay, if a patient heard you making a particular joke, how would they feel about that? And kind of use that as a way to filter what you're saying, what you're doing, especially when we're doing stuff in video and, you know, the whole world can see. And honestly, I'm hemi-anonymous, but anyone can figure out who I am. That's not hard to do. And my patients have seen my stuff. So humor, again, it's an advanced coping mechanism, but you really need to, you know, uh, understand what the, what the bounds are and, and use it wisely. You know, you mentioned that your patients do see your your stuff and your recordings. What do they? How do they feel? How is their, How are their reactions towards that stuff? You know, it's funny since I'm not. I don't do outpatient primary care. I'm only an inpatient hospitalist. So my patients are the sort of transient uh, entities that we take care of them acutely. It's real. You know, it's an intense relationship for a short period of time, and then. Uh, it goes back to, they go back to PCP. So we have these very short relationships. Some of them are sort of recurrent relationships because they, you know, they tend to come back and forth to the hospital, people with chronic illnesses. Um, and it's those patients that tend to figure out what it is that I do on the side because they go home maybe and Google me or, you know, they had a particularly funny interaction with me and they go out and they, you know, they try to figure out what's going on or someone, a nurse lets it slip because the nurses all know what's going on. They're always joking about so, you know, then they'll come to me and they go, you know, I'll, I'll come in round in the morning and they'll be like, hey, what's up, Z-Dog MD? And they'll start quoting some lines from a rap or something. And at that point, you know, uh, you know, I'm like terrified. I'm thinking, okay, this could go <laughs> one of two ways. And one of them is very bad. But always it has gone the good way, which is, hey, I think it's great that you're doing this. I actually learned something watching some of these videos. It's great to be able to, you know, share a side of yourself that isn't this, you know, uptight kind of thing that we see in medicine a lot. Now, of course, the patients who would go out and kind of Google that and bring it to my attention are probably self-selecting for people who might enjoy it. So it's hard to know, but it's always on my mind. It's always something I think about when I make the videos and that sort of thing, especially more and more as I start to aim for a medical and healthcare sort of audience. When I first started, I was trying to make it as broad as possible. Uh, and then I realized, wow, you know, most of the, the sort of energy I get is coming from the health community and, you know, nurses, doctors, techs, people, you know, it, people with chronic illnesses. Those have been the biggest people who've sort of fed back to me that they enjoy what we're doing. So I, you know, as I aim towards them, it, it's very easy to get cynical and, and um, uh, you know, lose sight of why it is you're doing it. The reason it's so powerful is because this is something that you know, as a medical student, I've struggled with that. I've seen a lot of doctors struggle with getting some of these messages across. I mean, I've I've worked in a family practice where the doctor's trying to talk to a patient about why she doesn't want to give vaccines to her children, and I'm sitting there kind of pulling my hair out. And you know, the doctor's able to go through it a little better, but there's just so many of these topics which I think are otherwise very sensitive, and I I, I think the way you tackle them is so unique because of that it's kind of a fun way to look at these things because they do stress doctors out when a, you know, pediatricians have fed back to me and Dr. Harry. I mean, when families come with sort of vaccine issues, it's complicated. It's very difficult in a very short visit to be able to explain all these issues, especially when you've been fed a lot of media 
that uh, you know is is full of scare tactics and sort of pseudoscience and that kind of thing. And you know, the same goes with the with the TV docs. Look, I have no problem with TV docs. If I could be a TV doc, I'd do it in a second. It'd be awesome. Uh, I'd have to get a face transplant and you know partially a brain transplant, but I definitely have a wallet transplant, which would be awesome because I'd be rich. But uh, you know, like a guy like Dr. Oz who started out at uh, you know on Oprah doing. Um, you know, really good stuff. I mean, the great thing about him is he communicated very succinctly and very relatably uh, complicated medical topics that were of public health interest. And I've seen his early stuff and I'm like, this guy is really incredible. And now he's out there talking about these unproven alternative medicine sort of things, talking about them without any evidence at all, you know, not talking about the placebo effect or any of the other science. And it's really because I think it's hard to maintain a show like that and keep the ratings without getting progressively more sensationalized. So I did my rap, you know, Sucker MDs. And, and, Again, because we get patients who come in and say, well, Dr. Roz says that I could rub my ear and it'll drop my blood pressure. I'm like, well, only if you're rubbing your ear with nitro paste. Otherwise, you know, it's probably not going to happen. So, you know, the, the media people have a responsibility. And my feeling was, well, here we can do something that, that has some public health impact. If it makes people laugh, great. If they even think about something like, okay, for example, we just we just did a video called Code Gold. Uh, you know, about it. It was joking, really aimed kind of a little bit at the healthcare community about, okay, here's a series of greatest hits, the best hits with the right cadence to do CPR to, you know, 100 beats per minute. And we were just thinking, you know, as people watch this video, if a non-doctor watches this video, they suddenly in their mind have this idea that when you do CPR, it's okay just to use your hands and it's okay. You should probably go about 100 beats a minute. And if, if that's all they take away in their, in, in their vague memory, when it comes down to it and someone has a cardiac arrest in front of them, they might remember that and then you've done a service. So it's a different way to kind of reach people in a way that might actually absorb it, in theory. And also it allows me to, you know, grab my crotch on film in front of everybody for Manhood in the Mirror, which is another video we did about the test, testicular self-exam, which... Um, you know, that was a lot of fun, although I'm still recovering and uh, I'm amazed that my wife is almost ready. She's in fact having some contractions today, so I might have to run at some point, but uh, uh, I was still fertile after that, which is good. <laughs> well, we, we've had multiple requests for you to specifically talk about another famous character on Z Dog MD, and that would be Z Dad MD. Oh, boy. <laughs> How did I know? You know, right now, if he were on the phone, he'd be like, see, they're, they're not interested in hearing about you grabbing your pants and testing for testicles. They want to hear about me, okay? Because my jokes are funny. Yeah, that's exactly what he would say. Yeah, he, he's, he's hilarious. My dad is awesome. Uh, you know, he's an old school Indian immigrant dad doc. I mean, a lot of us have that experience. And, and uh, uh, it was funny. He you know, when I started doing this, he's like, I expected, you know, I told him, I go, you know, dad, I'm thinking of doing these videos, putting them online. And, and, um, I thought he was going to say, what are you out of your mind? You know, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, you know, cause I mean, it's Indian dad doc. Right. But he was like, yeah, that sounds like a good plan. Well, you'd, maybe you'll get some viewers. I'm like, wow. <laughs> so when he came up to visit, I said, uh, Hey, I'll tell you what, this is what we're going to do because I had done a video called Yoda MD and the Pirates of the Caribbean Med School. Uh, and it was really talking about, you know, foreign medical grads and, and how there was a study showing that they're really equivalent in terms of outcomes to, to local medical grads, except for people who are trained in the Caribbean. <laughs> so it was this whole thing, this whole controversy. So, you know, I did my dad's accent in there and how he's just all about the physical exam and everything. And so it got a fairly decent response and all these thumbs up for a comment on YouTube saying, hey, you should have your dad on the show. So I said, all right. So when he came to visit a couple, three weeks ago, 
I just sat, I said, look, sit in front of the camera and let's just talk for a few minutes and I'll edit it and try to make it funny. And we just sat down and I just, everything on that video, ZDAD MD, is entirely spontaneous. I just said, let's just talk. And the guy, I, I you know, I, again, I, I've never seen the side of him. Like I was just talking to him and he just say stuff. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding. That is hilarious. And he is truly that cynical and pessimistic. I mean, that's just how he is. I guess it's part of being coming to the U.S. with 10 bucks in your hand and having to struggle. He just sees the world, you know, through those kind of glasses. And it's hilarious. You know, everything is going to kill you. You can't eat anything. You're going to die no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Now they tell you there's carcinogens. You can't win. You know, it's just, it's classic. So he's actually now he's he sees that you know it's got a couple thousand hits or something. He's totally excited. He's like, okay, next time I'm coming, I'm putting on a bow tie. <laughs> I'm going to give you the questions to ask to me. I'm like, no, that's not how ZDog MD works. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the star, okay? I'm the star, okay? You cannot take this from me, Dad. <laughs> he's already ready to hijack the whole scenario, man. Um, obviously, making these videos and uh, having these songs takes a certain skill set. Do you have a background in audio editing or video editing, or is this just something you picked up as you went through med school? I did a music minor at Berkeley when I was doing molecular biology as a pre-med. I was really into music. I played electric guitar. We were in bands and all that. I really loved to teach. I taught MCAT for two years, like intensely, these two-hour lectures, like three times a day. And at the same time, I was doing a lot of stand-up comedy, and part of the lectures was doing comedy and that sort of thing. Uh, and so it all kind of m- was heading in this direction where I was like, how can I kind of use all this stuff, the computer stuff and all that? It, it struck me this was the perfect way. So I was able to, you know, the, the writing, the music, the doing the comedy, the sort of educational component. And then having gone through all this medical school, we had got, the medical stuff is kind of dialed except when I get the facts wrong, which is all the time. So I always have to look stuff up, call up Dr. Perry about the pediatric stuff. I'm like, I don't th- aren't they just little adults? Jeez. It's been great having you on the show. I, I hope we can talk to you again in the future, get some of the other guys on the show. Any, any parting words of, of profound insight for the medical student listeners out there? There's a couple of things. One is do not feel pressured to decide what you're going to do with yourself. When I was a medical student, I was convinced I was going to do GI. I was going to do gastroenterology. I was going to be an asthman. That's actually how it's pronounced. And I was going to scope people. It was going to be like playing video games all day. I was going to zap like polyps. And I was just going to be bathing in cash, like doing a backstroke in a pool full of... I was basically going to be like Scrooge McDuck from those old DuckTales uh, cartoons where he, he dives into a pool of gold doubloons. And how he doesn't get a spinal injury, I'm not sure. But, you know, that kind of incredible affluence and happiness. And then I did my residency in, in medicine with the plans to do GI. About second year, I decided I did my rotation. And I'm like, guys, uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but there is a lot of poo, a lot of poo in the colon. And uh, I remember I was doing a colonoscopy uh, with one of the uh, fellows, and the patient kind of had this reflux burp where, like, poopy hair came out of his mouth, like, right into my face. because I was thinking, yeah. And I realized at that point, I said, you know, I'm not cut out to smell this every day. It's just not on my agenda. So don't be afraid to, to change paths, to, to seek that niche in medicine, like I say in the rap, you got to find your niche, son. That's the thing. It's the truth because there's something in medicine for everybody. There are times in your training when you're going to say, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. This is not for me. You're going to have a particularly bad rotation or you're just going to be feeling down. You know, people go through these phases, especially through medical school. I mean, the most depressed I ever got in my life was third year of medical school at UCSF. It was just horrible, mainly because the weather was crappy, man. It was always cloudy over there, but also because you're just stressed all the time and you're the 
things that are expected of you are just such a high level. You can't, you know, you feel like you're an imposter. You don't belong there. And that was largely because I don't, because I was actually a janitor impersonating the guy who got, you know, accepted. But the truth of the matter is you'll get through it and you'll wonder, what am I going to do that isn't going to make me, you know, suicidal? And the truth is there is always something in medicine, even if it's taking the degree or the training that you got in your specialty and going and doing something in startup or biotech or, or anything or teaching, it doesn't matter. You'll find your, your spot. And sometimes it takes time to figure it out. And the problem is they make us decide under duress what we're going to do with our lives. Second year of residency, they say, okay, now you got to apply to fellowship. You're under stress. You don't see what the real world is like, and you're making these decisions in the heat of this sort of very painful time. It's not ideal. So what I did was I took a step back and I said, you know what? Uh Uh-uh. I'm not going to do this fellowship, and I'm not going to push myself to do anything right now. I'm going to finish my residency, and then I'm going to take a year off. And that's what I did. And I worked in tech for a year, a couple different companies. I learned a lot about the real world. I mostly learned that the real world is kind of rough, yo. Like you, you sit in a cubicle all day, you do a lot of traveling. So if, if that's not in your DNA, immediately I realize what is it that I miss? I miss seeing patients and I miss the acuity of the hospital. Next thing you know, I know a hospital job comes up and I've been absolutely as happy as I could be for the last eight years doing this job. There's nothing else in medicine I think I could do. And I found it by being patient and waiting and trying different things. So that would be my long-winded answer to what do I recommend? Don't don't lose heart. There's something in medicine for everybody. It's a broad enough field. You can find your niche and be truly happy when you're done. And found it's radio round. It's profound, wound and wound like the epididymis. I won't miss when I check out your piss with my finger on your prostate. Dollar sign in your colon, yo. I'm straight retracting. I'm going in for the five hundred dollar bill that's at your cecum. I'm gonna give you. <laughs> That was Z-Dog MD, and, you know, hilarious so much of the time, but towards the end, they're really bringing in some of the the most important points that we really believe in here at Radio Rounds. And Lakshman, I mentioned earlier in the intro that I'm on the wards right now as a third year, and you're kind of a third and a half year uh, being in the five-year MD MBA program, so you're on the wards right now as well. What do you think it would be like to work with Z-Dog as an attending? To have Z-Dog as an attending would be weird. And and attending is basically a boss, the one that all the medical students kind of grovel to and are always trying to impress. And, you know, usually you get the picture of the attending as someone who's very stern and demanding. And Yoja and I were actually talking about this earlier. I think to a degree, Z-Dog probably is like that a little bit. And it's a teaching role. But... Then to know of him as Z-Dog MD and, and to try and, you know, almost take him seriously in that role without thinking about him singing, you know, call day in your head, it, it would be weird. Well, and it's easy to think that it would just be a hysterical, happy-go-lucky time on the wards every day. Uh, but I think initially it would be terrifying to have Z-Dog MD as, <laughs> as my boss attending physician because as a third-year medical student or even a fourth-year, you come in expecting an attending physician to be this serious, gung-ho, hardcore individual. And he's coming out cracking all these jokes, but you don't know that whether they're right. jokes or whether <laughs> he's serious. So he cracks a very funny line and you're like, do I laugh? Do I not laugh? Do I laugh? Do I not laugh? Do I answer the question? <laughs> I would be sweating bullets. But then once I got to know him a little bit more and he would have, a, have an opportunity uh, to get to know me, I- I'm sure that it would be uh, a fantastically enjoyable learning experience. But of course, I'm sure there's another side to this, which is that because he's so funny, he will probably make fun of you too. <laughs> so be ready for that, students who work with Z-Dog MD. You know, actually, an- another point going along with that, John, what do you think it would be like to be one of his patients who then runs across these videos? 
Well, I think I was thinking about this earlier, and I think that he would have to almost do some education for his patients outside of the videos because the videos are very, very funny, um, but they do have somewhat inside knowledge or medical knowledge in them. And and Z-Dog MD can take this as a suggestion or not, but I was thinking that maybe if on his website he put together some uh, satirical, comical, almost medical dictionary uh, to help guide his patients with his videos, and that way it even increases his exposure uh, to his patients and uh, to the, his greater audience on YouTube um, and, and just make the, the definitions certainly explanatory but also really funny in and of themselves could could be a cool addendum uh, and then help his patients to better understand and appreciate the intelligence of of the jokes and, and satire that he's uh, that he's employing in his videos. And Lakshman, what do you think about the Z Dog MD style of satire? Do you think it can really be used to educate the public? Educating the public about health issues is so difficult, and we have so you know we have so much invested in so many different ways and honestly a lot of times it doesn't work trying something out like this is probably a great way to do it i know his awesome video um, immunize which uh, is basically kind of like a, a rallying anthem for getting your vaccines is incredibly catchy and if you read the post there's even mothers who are posting on their on his on his webpage that their kids are running around saying, I want to get vaccinated. So I think it's great. I think it can be, it can be really powerful like that. I think of course, as, as Z dog himself, I'm sure would say it can't be the only form of education, but you got to get to people in any way you can and you got to make it stick. So when it's funny and catchy, I think it works. Well, and that's such a big part of our mission right here at Radio Rounds is, is education of the public. And I think that's why uh, today's episode is one of our favorites to date on the show. But I think it's important to remember that he's not bashing medicine. So often satirists in pop culture, on TV, uh, on the Internet, satirize things that, that they're bashing. But but he loves medicine. He obviously loves medicine. That's, that's why he's doing this. And he wants um, the general public and his patients to have a better idea of what it's actually like. He keeps he keep Keeps things real, you know. Sometimes, sometimes it sucks in the hospital, you know. But he's all he also talks about the great parts of medicine as well. So I, I think it's a wonderful education piece. Well, thanks again to our guest Z Dog MD. Definitely check out his website zdogmd.com, where you can find all his videos. You can find some of his songs on iTunes, and um, you can follow him on Twitter. All kinds of stuff, and he really does actually put out music videos and hilarious things pretty frequently. So be sure to check it out and follow him. I think it's um, definitely the brightest part of my week when I see something new from Z-Dog. Next week, join us back here on Radio Rounds. Our guest will be Dr. Michelle Al. She writes a popular blog, The Underwear Drawer. She and her husband had their first child early in their respective residencies, and she talks about the demands of being a physician and a parent. You know, you can see how this person, over the course of 10 years and and see what that development is like from being a very young medical student to being an attending. And I think that that's a great experience also for patients to see this is why my doctor acts this way, this is what my doctor has been through, and it just really humanizes the doctor-patient interaction, the process of becoming a doctor, and takes a lot of the mystery out of the, the process. That's next week on Radio Rounds. You can tune in every Sunday at noon on WWSU 106.9 FM and Sundays at midnight on WYSO 91.3 FM. Of course, you can also listen on www.radiorounds.org at any time. Also on our website, be sure to check out this week's Writing Rounds, Do You Want to Know a Secret? 
by our own Avash Kalra, MS4, and host on Radio Rounds. Avash writes about the powerful trust between patients and student physicians in psychiatry. Writing Rounds is a place for any of our listeners and contributors to provide their own opinions on medicine and healthcare. We'll showcase those short essays every week on our website, www.radiorounds.org. You can email us, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. All that information is on RadioRounds.org, where you can now also listen to past episodes on demand. Podcasts of all of our past episodes are also available as free downloads on iTunes. Just search the iTunes store for Radio Rounds. We'd now like to thank and credit those who made today's show possible. Production made possible in part by MedPlus Advantage. Sponsored by the American Medical Association. Providing group disability and life insurance to students and residents through participating educational institutions. Visit us at medplusadvantage.com. Radio Rounds is proudly sponsored by the Student Doctor Network online at studentdoctor.net. Have questions about medical school or residency? Check out SDN Answers to view frequently asked questions or ask one of your own. Available online at studentdoctor.net. Thanks to our producers, Shami Das, Sarah Buckingham, and Yochin Patel, as well as our entire team who works so hard here at the Radio Rounds World Headquarters in Dayton, Ohio, to bring you brand new episodes every week. And the biggest thanks of all goes out to all of you, our listeners. Please remember that the views and opinions expressed on Radio Rounds are not representative of the views and opinions of the partners of Radio Rounds or of the Wright State University Boonshoft School of Medicine. Join us next week or download our next podcast and definitely check out RadioRounds.org for more information. Have a great week, everyone. My name is John Corker. And I'm Lakshman Swami. And one day, we'll, we'll be, be your doctors. doctors. Here come the Radio Welcome to Radio Rounds.